Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joseph. How you doing? I'm great. That's great. Yeah, feeling good today. You got your you got your minor league hat on from a dirt ball. I got my minor league shirt on for a dirt from a dirt ball. Look at this, man. It's just. Dirtball merch all over the place. The Dirtball minor league hat game. I counted before the show. Six minor league hats have been sent to me over the years. Wow. And I, and I love them. Thank you to yeah. all the Dirtballs. Yeah. I don't think I'm at six, but I think I've got, I've got, it's got to be four or five for sure. I mean, we got the Amarillo. We got that one. I got a, a Tortugas one recently. There's the River Cats. I think somebody sent us. Yeah, that was uh, that was Reed, right? Who's still, who's still waiting on a sparring partner out, oh, in Yolo, right. out in Yolo County. Yolo. You only live once. Yeah, and... you may as well fight your neighbor. <laughs> I was just going to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, the we've talked about it a lot. The The minor league game is, is just great as far yeah. as just not the game, but the mascots and the hats. Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm going to the big league game tomorrow night. I missed sadly, I missed the epic playoff vibes four game Mets Dodgers split this weekend. That was so I mean it was even watching on TV, it was intense. All the ball, all the players on both sides talking about this had playoff feel to it the whole weekend. You know me, Andy. I don't often miss the Mets when they come to Los Angeles, but I was in Cabo Thursday to Sunday, same, same days. The Mets were in LA um, performing down there and surfing with Eddie Ift. And uh, so now, you know, you know what I got to do? You got to get in the car tomorrow. I got to drive down to one of our favorite ballparks, Petco park, go watch Mets at Padres tomorrow night. Then we're going to be doing our good friend, Josh Nelson, former guest of the show, Josh Nelson's, Comedy show at Candy's Boom Boom Room on Wednesday. So if you're down in San Diego, come to that. And then it's a great I think, show. I think I'm I'm circling. I'm I'm not sure what day I want to do Anaheim because the Mets go to Anaheim after. But I'm thinking Sunday night baseball. I believe it's on ESPN. Cindergard pitching for the Angels. I think that could be the day. Your old boy. Yeah. Well, it's a good time to catch the Angels, or maybe they'll bounce back. They've lost 11 in a row. Let's hope not. Let's hope they keep spiraling. I, I actually enjoy it when the Angels are good. Uh, it's It was nice early in the year. Um, the top four teams in baseball were Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Angels. And it was like, okay, we might have two. We could have, we could have Subway, Freeway, champion, League Championship Series. Uh, but the, the Angels are spiraling. I root for them to be good, but I also want them to continue spiraling at least through the weekend. Any legitimate or legitimacy 
the Mike Trout fantasy football commissioner curse? I mean, I think that there's a lot of it's crazy because there's a lot of little things going on with the angels, you know, like they obviously had the skags, uh, you know, think about Harvey gets suspended. Obviously he's not an angel anymore, but, uh, you know, they're in the news for that. They're in the news for Mike Trout, baseball, fantasy football commissioner. Uh, and now two players in the league are slapping each other and causing all kinds of mayhem. But, you know, I, I really don't know other than them hitting, you know, a pretty tough wall of games. Um, I know I've been critical of the Yankees uh, schedule, um, but props to the Yankees for, um, you know, kicking the the shit out of the angels sweeping the angels let's see yeah but i mean the the tough thing is phillies 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 to get swept by the phillies that's where you know you know you've hit a real real problem you know what the curse is them calling them the los angeles angels of anaheim yeah i agree honestly my problem you know what my biggest issue with it was what was wrong with the california angels i don't know Like, like none of it makes sense. So, so, so this is, this is this history of it. They're the Los Angeles angels from 61 to 65. Then they're the California angels from 65 to 96. So 31 years. Then they go to Anaheim angels. 97 to 2004. Then the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim from 2005 to 2015. I didn't even realize this. Now they're just the Los Angeles angels again, since 2016. Did you know that? I did not know that. They're just the Los Angeles Angels again. Should have just been the California Angels. Just keep the California Angels. The Golden State Warriors, the California Angels. It's good. The Florida Panthers. I like it when teams represent a state. You know, because the other thing with California Angels is like you got San Diego Padres. You got the fuck be the Orange County Angels. We'll just be the goddamn Anaheim Angels. Yeah. Be the well, Disneyland Angels. Well, it's a legitimate curse if you if you look at their track record. So that one World Series they won, they were the Anaheim Angels, which again is fine. I think the Los Angeles Angels. They were they were just the Anaheim Angels when they won the won, World Series. Correct. Wow. That was just a seven-year period. Remember how atrocious those uniforms were? Yeah. Those were bad. Like, those were all-time Major League Baseball or cross-sports bad uniforms. What's amazing is, like, every team has smartly figured out how to go back. Like, so many teams were like, oh, let's just, you know, we'll go retro. The, the, the... Orioles, you know, have the the cartoon bird on their hat again. The Padres have gone back to the brown. Like we do that. The Angels old uniforms were so fucking fire. Yeah. The navy brim blue cap with just a circle on the A. Yeah. And and that's what my my grade school mocked that. And they were great hats. We were Guardian Angels grade school. And we use that same A, which for the record, don't think they use the cut. They, they were probably infringing on the copyright of the California Angels at the time. 
Yeah. They should be retroactively sued. Sue my grade school. Sue my grade school. They can't. They can't sue your grade school because they're they're not they're no longer the California Angels. So they can't. There's no one to sue them. And also, it doesn't look anything like the the Anaheim Angels of of Los Angeles. And my grade school has no money because there were so many kitty touchers going on. True story. Not not sure if I told you this. Uh, One priest, I think multiple organists. Like like it was across the board. Dare I say I'm a little disappointed. No priest made a move on me. Was I not good looking enough as a, as a altar boy? I think it's that you had four brothers. Like if you guys ganged up, you could, t- you could take down an organist. <laughs> it's like that thing. Like how many seven-year-olds do you think you could fight simultaneously? How many Ruther boys do you think? You- I think I top out at three. Too much of a varied age range. The little ones are going at my legs. The older guys are got my arms. My grade school is wild. And then our Brad's headbutting me in the face. And then our principal to make it even wilder. He wasn't a pedo. He was just closeted gay. So like, I feel bad for the guy that he had to, you know, fight that battle because he had a full family who went to the grade school. He got caught or he, I shouldn't say get caught. He picks up a guy. This is when I'm in the fourth grade. They go to a hotel room, hook up. Again, he's married, whole family, multiple kids in my grade school. The guy steals his wallet. So what would you do in that situation? You're you're covering again. You're covering up that he's got some issues. He's battling as as a closeted gay guy. He's got a full family. He's the principal of the grade school. The guy steals his wallet. Instead of just kind of like figuring it out and not getting law law enforcement involved, he goes to law enforcement and he claimed a guy, I think, helped him carry groceries or something wild. I I could be like, let me put this way. And his story unravels. And it unraveled. And the wild part is not the Cincinnati paper, like the big local, the Cincinnati Inquirer, which is the big paper, the two local ones at the time, the now defunct. Forest Hills Journal, which is where I grew up, and that my Washington Press, where my mom worked selling ads at the time, got a leak in the Mount Washington Post revealed the story. And he uh he was no longer the principal. Wow. But yeah. This episode of Memories of Andy Ruther's Childhood Past. That's a pretty wild story. On this episode of Fallen Angels, we (laughs) tackle the Anaheim Angels 11-game losing streak (laughs) and a gay principal caught in a dark underworld of lost wallets. You know, we we should have all, I think we all knew, we should have known, you know, White dude with the jerry curl, you know, you know, we should have known he was maybe you know, swinging the other way. But uh, I, I all jokes aside, I, I legitimately felt bad for his kid. His one daughter was in my brother Greg's grade. And it's just like, imagine being a seventh grade girl and this is all airing out. Yeah. Your dad's the principal. It's airing out in the paper. It's just. It's it's uh, not good, but you know what? It's not as bad as losing 11 games. <laughs> yeah, That's I was the- gonna say, could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could have the best generational player. Two two of the best players in baseball. What's his contract again? Mike Trout's. It's pretty absurd. No, I know it's fine. I'm talking like 
how much longer is he there? Uh, he's there another, yeah, like the better part of 10 years. It's 426 million. And he signed it when? Two years ago? Signed a 12 year, 426 million. He signed it in 2019. That was the last year he made 16 million. So he's there through 2030. Yeah. That's going to be a shitty contract, too. Yeah. It's like, well, every- who knows? Maybe he's, maybe he's the LeBron James of the sport. He has been so far. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's had injuries. Sure. But as you know, though, it always trails off with baseball. These yeah. guys will give you some, they'll give you five or six good years. I, I don't, I don't think it's ever happened. Has it? What? Somebody played out that contract all the way to the end and it, it worked. Yeah. I mean, a rod. Did it basically work with him? I mean, the, the Rangers deal, he was still, the he Rangers played out that he played that out for, that was a 10 year or whatever deal. And then got, and then got another big contract from the Yankees after that. Was it, was that a 10 year deal? Was that like 10 year, 250 million or something like that? One, two, three, hold on. One, two, three. No, Joe, he did three years with Texas. I know, but they, but they signed him to oh. a big deal. Yeah, I will say he was pretty productive. <coughs> yeah. He was, he was pretty badass. I forget. I mean, what was the Rangers deal? You know, it was, it was a huge. Yeah. Deal that he signed with them. I know. It's like, you almost forget. Isn't that crazy? I, for, I forget, like I forget 200, was, $252 million. I forget he was a Ranger. Yeah. I think of him as a Yankee. I think of him as a Mariner. 10 year, $252 million contract. And that, and obviously it didn't work out because the Rangers didn't put a team around him, but he, for the entirety of that 10 year deal, he was productive. Yeah. He was badass. <laughs> Cause he signed a, another big deal with the Yankees following that. Yeah. So you're going to the game tomorrow? Going to the game tomorrow. Is that day or night game? Night game. 640. First pitch down there at Petco Park. Beautiful Petco Park. It's amazing. It's a great park. If you're a baseball fan, highly encourage if you're out there. Absolutely gorgeous park. I'll be sitting um, for any dirtballs who want to do the uh, who want to do the fat Jason kid and stare at me from 40 rows away until we finally turn around. <laughs> <laughs> sitting down the left field line. In the second section of the field level seats. Uh, Real quick. The artist formerly known as Fat Jason Kidd. It's now. Now Cat Jason Kidd. Meow. (laughs) He's a legend. It's amazing how dirtballs just become like instant legends on this show. We we have some some good calls later. Speaking of some dirtball legends. Let, let's get to a little uh let's get to a little NBA talk. There's, there's, a, there's a finals going on. Finally, the NBA zigzag theory has returned. I'm, I'm, I'm making my uh I'm making up all this money that I failed to win early in the rounds. Game one, pound the away team. Game one, pound uh Celtics to money line. Boom, Celtics money line. Zigzags back. I bet. Warriors to cover. Here we go. This is why I think it's going to be a seven game finals. This is 
pretty exactly how I saw it playing out so far. Obviously, I didn't see the 15-point third quarter uh, lead turn into a 15-point loss, but I liked I liked Celtics in game one. I liked Warriors in game two. Here we go. We're off and running. Yeah, it's going to be a good series. Give me a great series. I mean, if it goes seven, it's going Warriors. You think so? A hundred percent. I think if it goes seven, anything is possible. I agree, but that's where the veteran team, you know? Yeah. They've been I mean, there. Great, great rebound for them last night. Steph playing defense in the he, NBA final. He wants that MVP final so badly. He wants it so bad. The way he came out in game one, obviously he cooled off big time in game one, but he wants that finals MVP. He knows that's the last thing he needs for his legacy. It's yep. about legacy, yo. And then and then you get a Jason Tatum three for 17 in game one, and they still win. That's that's I, that was a crazy stat for me. Yeah. How did they win with him going three for 17? Well, obviously they hit, I think, 20, 21, three, 21 threes in game one. Yeah. And Horford went off. But that Horford was pretty wanted. Hor- seemed like Horford wanted that finals MVP, too. Yeah, I saw a great meme about him. And then once everybody got their Horford MVP bets in, he disappears. Sure. But I think it'll be interesting because now you go back to Boston. Game one was so weird with just Mark Jones and Mark Jackson. Yeah. Isn't it? Like it was weird to listen to. When you take away. You know me. I I watch a lot of games without the sound on as is. Now I do love Mike Breen. Love Mike Breen. He's great. But the second Mike Breen was out, I was like, goodbye. That's kind of serial killer-esque still, though. I know. But I listen, I don't like I there's uh, we've talked about this before, especially I mean, uh, baseball forever. Gr- like growing up and in my early 20s, whatever was music on in the background. Then you know, now we have Gary, Keith, and Ron, especially when we have all three of them. But even with just Keith or Ron there, I end up watching Mets games with the sound on. That's totally changed. Football depends. Um, Giants games typically sound on. Not always. But for me, it's like I don't I don't like I, I'm so, so often the crew doesn't contribute, in my opinion. And like, I don't I don't need to know what you guys think. Yeah, it's just, it's just, but but it's not just the crew. It's the sound of the crowd, the atmosphere, the hearing the DJ playing the music and the whole ambiance that you have. Meh, don't need it. You don't need it. I know what sneakers sound like. I like it. It's trying to decipher how much Draymond Green is bitching. What is he saying to the ref after every single play? Draymond Green is a fascinating uh, case study in like setting up 
having this persona because now, and we've seen it throughout these playoffs, this thing where he like gets a fucking tech early and then can do whatever he wants. It's like, Oh yeah. It's strategic. Yeah. It's actually pretty brilliant. He knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. I mean, it's crazy that these refs don't have the balls, dude. If he's being a dick, tee him up again, throw his ass out of the game. Yeah. Every, he just walks over. My, my thing is you're look, he's had a nice career. He's also been helped by the crew that has surrounded him. Like, like most players. Yeah. But where is Draymond green on a, what is his role? Joe on a Charlotte team. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I me. Mean, yeah. He, the thing is he has the same role. And if you're a Charlotte player you love him but unless it's happening on the grand stage like it, it doesn't get appreciated and, and it doesn't become like it's this like oh whatever like listen you put charles oakley on the warriors you know what charles oakley was able to do in his career on the on this warriors team and replacement he would he would have the same sort of you know devout fo- oh there's no one more important to the team now, you know, Steph, you know, he gets all the accolades and Clay, he gets all that, but like no one more important. And it's like there's some truth to that, but also every good team has a guy like that. And Draymond's obviously got a big personality and the, the, this whole sort of aura around him has been blown up by the fact that they're a winning, you know, franchise. Yeah, because it, when I see him bitching, when I say earned it, I, I'm just trying to think of other guy. Like, who's a? I like the the Charles Oakley because he's not like a. You know, I think of when I think of like the kind of wild card on teams. I think of past dynasties. He's not a Robin. He's not playing that great a def like the the level of defense and rebounding that Robin was doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so like, I I think he fits his role nicely. But I, I do. That's why I said that. I just don't know where he's at unless he's on this type of dynasty team with all these all-time players. Yeah. You're nobody, man. Like, but like, like I'm not trying to be a dick. I, I just think he's also not getting the benefit of the doubt. That's why I'm bringing it up. Not getting the benefit of the doubt in what regard? Like with refs. Yeah. Like if you're doing this same role on the Cleveland Cavaliers, no one like the refs, the leash he gets. This is just my opinion. The leash that's why he gets, that's why you look at the Rashid Wallace's of the world. It's like when Rashid was on shitty teams, when Rashid was on the Jailblazers, and when Rashid was on the fucking Bullets, and when Rashid was on whatever, he's getting ejected to every game. Then when Rashid's on the Pistons. It's like, oh, he's he's reined it in. Has he? Or do they just not eject guys from fucking Eastern Conference Finals games? Sure, exactly. By the way, did you see he's going to join the Lakers staff? You got to love it. Yeah. I love Rashid. Rashid's one of my... Rashid's like a top 10 NBA player for me all time. Like, personally. Guys I love. Yeah. Rashid's up there. By the way, I was beefing with a Kobe Stan the other day. Comedian, I won't name him, but uh, Give Kobe me his Stan. Address. <laughs> he, 
he put he he posted this thing. It was like a ESPN list, and I think ESPN had Kobe listed at ten all time. And he said this list is he like he put on his story like this list is bullshit. Kobe top five, top one for me, but Kobe top five. I was like, actually, the list is bullshit because Kobe's not top ten. Kobe's not a top ten player of all time. He's not. I agree. And if you read and and, book, and you'll know. And if you if you do it, I I wrote this down the other day in in a, just like a, I just r- rolled this out as like a off the top of my head, LeBron, Matt, Michael. Kareem, Magic, Russell, Duncan, Shaq, Bird, Kevin Durant, I have above Kobe, Wilt. That's not even, that's 10 right there. That's not even getting into like Hakeem. Like Kobe's not better than any of those players, any of those 11 players I just listed. And it's not even close. Well, you you know, he's top 20, but again, he's probably about 15. I mean, uh, I and finished- that's with all and that's with all the things that come with that's with all the propaganda. That's like if you accept some of that shit, like if you accept the three coattail titles as legit, people are so they're so brainwashed. Again, I know it's one book and people could say, oh, Ruther's brainwashed now after reading three ring circus. But dude, these are these are firsthand accounts. This isn't a guy writing a book to blasphemize Kobe. This is a guy who literally got every single person on record. But Kobe. Shaq, Phil Jackson, Rick Fox, you name, I mean, you, you go down the list. It, it's, it's flabber. Like I leave, I leave myself like flabbergasted of, of some of these things he did. It's it's again mind blowing that this isn't out there more, and I, I think sadly because he died in such a tragic way, that it doesn't get more traction. Also, I mean that was the the propaganda machine that had already taken over. I mean pre 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 Kobe's death, there was still like the the PR machine had already w- sort of whitewashed his legacy and his career when we were doing the the Kobe. Pyramid, the the Mamba pyramid with like guys and shit like that, and you're like, he gave Mamba his own mentality. nickname. Yeah, Shaq's on record in the book at the end talking about that laughing. He he, his line to Perlman was when they were hanging out. He's like, he gave his own nickname, and Shaq says something along the lines, not verbatim, but something along the lines. This is what I had to deal with for eight years. He gave his own nickname, which you've already said at length on the show. But again, hearing it from Shaq himself, he gave his own nickname. Michael Jordan did not call himself Air Jordan. To be fair, I think Shaq called himself Superman. But I'm Superman. <laughs> I changed into my uniform in phone booths. But they got to be really big phone booths because I'm a gigantic person. They need to redo that Colin Farrell movie, Phone Booth with Shaq. Yeah. Well, they took the last phone booth out in New York City. Did oh, I didn't that? see that. No. Yeah. The very last public phone booth has been removed from New York City. There are no more phone booths. It's crazy to think. Like the young kids have no, like you and I know. It's crazy to think of the phone booth situation. Yeah. What is like a memory you have real quick on that? I, I have I have a distinct one. I have a couple distinct ones. 
about phone booths? Yeah, just because you know you it's different for you being in like New York and I you know yeah. around the city whereas I grew up right in, in the suburbs. But one of mine was the swim club I belonged to. You know they had tennis courts. They had a phone booth by the tennis courts, and I remember having to use it sometimes to call my parents, which is again hilarious. Yeah. But my last major phone booth, like relatively recent, considering the context, phone booth memory was the Rams Patriots first Super Bowl. What is that? 2000. This is after 9-11. So the 2002 yeah. Super Bowl, 2001 season. I was in St. Louis. I was with my buddies. We were driving to where my brother was living and he was living. He was out there somewhere. I think he was in an area called Westport. Anyway, we couldn't find it. And and this is 2002, right? You don't have a way to, like your directions are written down on something. Yeah, or printed out MapQuest directions. Like like printed out MapQuest. And that's one of my last memories was we're lost and I'm getting annoyed and my buddies, I'm like, fucking pull over. I was like, I'm going to, because we didn't have, even in 2002, I didn't own a cell phone yet. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me use this phone booth. I got my brother's number. I'm going to call him. Like that's one of my last memories. So that's yeah. 20 years ago of using a phone booth. Yeah. That's probably around the time. I mean, I think maybe in 2000, mid 2000s, like 2003, 2004, not long after what you're talking about. I think I broke my cell phone and I couldn't afford like a new one right away. So I had like two weeks before I could like upgrade or something like that, where I fucking had no phone. And I was, I was, I would drive around New York city in my Cadillac. And then I'd have to be like, Oh, there's a pay phone, like pull over. Be like, Hey, what time are we meeting at the, okay, bye. <laughs> Get back How much was car. it? I, I remember it was a big deal when it went from 25 to 35 cents. A call. Yeah. Yeah. Like that I was a the, big deal. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I remember like standard kid, you just put a quarter in, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you need fucking a dime with it. Yeah. I'm sad they got rid of it, to be honest. I think that would have been cool just to keep the final phone booth. Yeah. And well, it was kind of shitty because it was like the final phone booth was one of those like racks of a couple phones, you know, that they had. Yeah. It's like the there should be one phone booth in New York City and it should be one of the fucking close the door ones. You'd be locked in a phone booth with either Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson or Mike Breen, who you locked in a phone booth with. Well, not Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson's wide. So sure. And also, I don't need any hands down, man down talk. <laughs> I'm gonna, Mama, I'm in the phone booth with that man. Joe, if we if we look to Jesus Christ during this time, we will get out of this phone booth. I don't need that. You don't need a Jesus talk. Yeah. Jeff Van Gundy been coaching in the nba for a long you know was coaching in the nba for a long time now is espn guy for a long time definitely has money still feels like he could smell a little bit <laughs> still I, feels like he's you know what you're right he, sweaty. Does look like, he looks like he would definitely smell like a little sweaty still not good at like you know mike brain small it's guy brain. it's gotta be brain yeah Imagine when, being- fun, finally when somebody comes comes to get us out bang the phone booth guy has arrived from way downtown. It's got to be brave. How long could you last in a phone booth with Draymond Green? Oh, he'd be so annoying. 
phone booth would definitely be knocked over immediately, you know, because he's just like pushing you around and shit like that. Yeah. So shove, kick you in the dick. So give me a game three prediction. Game three prediction. NBA zigzag. Close game. Celtics win. Close game. We have a, we have a, we have a, we have a, you know, final possessions game. Ooh, we finally got a good one. Celtics win. Yeah, I wish the games were a little closer. We're going to get, you'll get it in game three, Andy. This is the way it goes. Who's the leading scorer for the Celtics? Jason Tatum. But I think for them to win a close game, he's got to have like 25 and Jalen Brown's got to have 21 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely need some parity with guys in their squad. But that's what I think we get. I think we get a close one, a close Celtics win. So be wary of the, uh, well, uh, the Warriors are, are they, what's the spread? Is it three and a half? I think still. Let's find out. Let's go to this Wednesday. Yeah. Boston minus three and a half. So be wary of the spread. But at three and a half, you could bet the Boston money line and still get decent value. That'd be my bet. If I were you. I don't know if you saw this. This was, this was after game one. Clay Thompson moved into number two all time. An NBA playoff threes. Steph, of course, is number one. It's pre- it's pretty amazing if you think about it. All time NBA playoff threes. Yeah. Two guys who played together. Two guys who played together, but two guys who've been, you know, in the era of the three point, the three pointer, and guys who have, you know, consistently been in the playoffs throughout their career, save for the first couple of years. You know, you look at a guy like Ray Allen, like Ray Allen, the end of his career, second half of his career, he gets on good teams. But, you know, first half of his career, he's not stockpiling three-pointers, playing with the Bucks and the Supersonics sure. and whatever. Reggie Miller, another one, like not super deep runs. Save for a couple of, you know, years in the middle. So the era of the three-pointer and then just going to the finals five times. Yeah. So Quinn Schneider resigned from the Jazz. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's not happy. Why would he be? He had a great coach. Great. Uh, Quinn Snyder has done great things there in Utah. And to be honest, um, besides the fact that like, wow, you know, just leaving money on the table. You don't you don't see a lot of just resignation resignations especially like a quinn snyder like cocaine's a hell of a drug yeah but (laughs) but at the same time it's like fucking you know quinn snyder doesn't look like your typical utah uh resident maybe he's like you know there's there's other jobs out there or there will be other jobs out there in the near future or just he was on cocaine and was like i'm resigning yeah Maybe he's going to be the face of the new Vegas franchise. That would fit. You think that's going to happen? Well, aren't they talking about it? Wasn't there rumors of Seattle and Vegas being added? That was a rumor. So that would put the NBA at 32 teams? Wouldn't those both be West then? Yeah, I guess maybe maybe we have to move one of those 
teams to the east. One of you know a uh, I don't know an Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't know who who goes to east. Man- Memphis, New Orleans. Why are, why are Memphis in the east? Yeah. Why are they why are they not in the east? Yeah. Yeah that that would make sense to me. I didn't know about that. I mean, I mean, you hear things, but the NBA would be a good fit in Vegas. Yeah. Quinn Snyder would be a good fit in Vegas. Oh, like, my God. Can we play another game right now? It's like, why don't we just go to, like, why are we going to play? We're going to play one today and one tomorrow. Why don't we just go back to back? Like, if we're going to go back to back, let's just go back to back. You think a couple hours of sleep is going to help? No. Just go right now. They're like, coach, what are you talking about? Like, uh, you, you boys aren't ready to go? I'm ready to go. They're pumping oxygen into this place. Are you hoping your boy D'Antoni gets hired by the Hornets? I am. I have a an alert. I have a Google alert set up for D'Antoni and Hornets right now, so I can get the Lamelo Ball MVP odds at their absolute lowest before or highest when that if that deal gets done. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for Mike D'Antoni getting coaching jobs in the NBA. So, and also, I love I love the fit. I mean, a team that can't play defense. Lean in a team with a, an exceptional pass first point guard. Lean in. Be, be exactly that. Mike D'Antoni is going to be like, he's going to go full Ben Stiller from, uh, you know, dodgeball. He's like, going to be like, remember seven seconds or less. How about four seconds or less? Times are changing guys. Four seconds is the number. Now. You think. Lonzo Ball has jealousy issues with his brother. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. They're both in the NBA. They're both rich in the NBA. Remember how big that LeVar Ball thing was? Yeah. Like every major shitty sports show would just bring him on. Yeah. And be like, my sons are going to be the first two to ever be co-MVPs of the league. And then me and them are going to play LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Kareem three on three, and we will dominate them. <laughs> and then fucking, you know, you know, Stephen A. Smith, you telling me right now <laughs> you're going to play a 70-year-old Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> and you're going to dominate him? That's right. That's what I said. Yeah, well, that's expect. These men are very old. You go play with two current NBA players. That's right. I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to set this up right now. I'm going to get MJ on the phone. You guys like, what are we talking about? He is on their. You know, what's crazy. He is on their main NBA finals team. That's wild to me, man. Like. A guy that just yells with takes just for clicks is on your crew. And guess what? I don't watch it. Me either. I don't either. I don't watch it either. It's just, it's like the TNT crew is the bar is so high with those guys. I would love those guys to do the finals. Yeah. And then you got magic Johnson. Hopping Magic in. Johnson, Stephen A. Smith, LeVar Ball. 
ESPN, man, they know what they're doing. So it's it, it's and they're like, what is this? An all black crew? And they're like, no, we have Tariqa. <laughs> and Tariqa's like, I'm Italian. Yeah. Do you see? LeBron? Did you see? Did you see that meme about? I think it was football broadcasts coming up, like that. All basically every broadcast is like fully white, and the meme has all the all the broadcast pairings and one of them is Tariko and everybody's like what about Tariko and they're like didn't you hear he's Italian <laughs> is that like finally a thing people do we've been saying it for six seven years in the show are people finally coming around to the yeah. Tariko claiming he's Italian yeah that's an all-time move man Tariko claiming he's Italian all time what like an insane person one of the wildest moves ever extremely wild it is a pretty white crew you got me thinking about it now so espn you have buck aikman sunday night you'll have Tariko collinsworth yeah romo nance is the main cbs crew the fox crew is burke hart and who else brady when he retires is it going to be Greg Olson until then? Yeah, I think so. It's pretty white. It's not pretty white. It's extremely white. Yeah. They got to bring in like uh, who? Who's the guy who played? Uh, who who ripped off the necklace? Akib. Uh, I'm trying. To, oh yeah, Akib Talib. Akib Talib. I'm trying to pull up. I'm trying to pull up one of the one of the meme tweets. You know what we need? You know how they have the Manning cast? Yeah. They And they would need the rights so they couldn't do this. BET needs to do their own version of the Manning yeah, cast. Yeah, you got Herb, Herb Street, Michaels, Romo, Nance, Buck, Aikman, uh, Burkhart, Olsen, Tarico, Collinsworth. <laughs> That's pretty white, man. And then literally half of the replies are like, Mike Tarico's black. And then every one of those has a post to the article under it being like no he says he's not <laughs> no he's full-blooded sicilian no he's italian okay you know, you know what i'm saying though bet I, I, I wonder i would love i would love like i would love mike Tarico to you know walk through like a like one of those new jersey italian coffee shops that like the sopranos is based on and be like hey fellow italians <laughs> and hear the words that come out of their fucking mouth well if they say the racial slurs be like where where are they <laughs> you know it'd be like a comedy sketch it'd be like it'd be like Chappelle show with the black white supremacist yeah three goes like there's a black guy here where <laughs> hello fellow italians should we have an espresso we're going to whack anybody today. Yeah. I was trying to say earlier. So LeBron is officially a billionaire. Yeah. Good for LeBron. He he deserves it. I was I was reading his breakdown. The Forbes article breaks down the estimated 1 billion. 300 million from the Spring Hill company which was fascinating to me. 
I forgot of all the some of the the business ventures. I'm not trying to take a dig here, but I'll say when you when you make that much money, all these guys, not just LeBron, anybody. It's basically impossible to fuck it up if you just invest with guarantee. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, of course, that was kind of the thing I was reading. Like, oh, LeBron has an ownership stake with the the, the Red Sox. Ownership. It's like these are all for pun intended home runs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I think of for all these yeah. people. Once you get money. Like if you gave me not even that much, if you gave me $10 million. Yeah. You're set for life. I, like not only am I set for life, uh, like there's just guaranteed investments you can make. But what's fascinating about LeBron, again, not to take it away, is yeah, that I mean, he, ten million dollars, five percent interest. You, you could you just put that in the bank. You you have five hundred thousand dollars a year to live on. Yeah, he's the first active billionaire athlete. I assume he's going to own a team someday if he wants that. I don't know if he wants that, but I assume he would own a team someday. And. Phil Knight, speaking of billionaires, made an offer to buy the Blazers. I was shocked at how old he was. He's at 84, Joe. Yeah. I mean, like he's been around for a long time, dude. Yeah. I, that, that's what makes that's what I'm saying. I like I forget. I think that I, I, I think that I, I know there's talk that like they don't want that to happen. But like that would be so good for the Blazers, wouldn't it? I think it'd be great for the Blazers. It's currently in a trust. The, the Allen family who owns the Seahawks and the Blazers. And I think it was Paul Allen who had passed away. And it's in, in a trust, which his sister's running. If I recall correctly, I think it'd be great for the NBA. Yeah. The guy, the guy's company's already got his logo on your jerseys. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Phil Knight to the Blazers. And then, Bring in LeBron as a end of the career run. Use your Nike pull. And do it. Do a double deal. And Elon Musk buys the Reds and Bengals together. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of double deals, right? Elon Musk is too smart to get involved in Cincinnati sports landscape. Well, I yeah, the thought of him doing sports in general would make me laugh. But uh, he's like, I'm going to space. They don't even have an indoor facility. What the fuck are we talking about here? True. Hey, man. The thought of he's, my, like, he's like, if I buy the Reds, I'm sending Joey Votto to space, so I don't have to pay that contract anymore. He's like, it's almost finished, man. I know. What's it? One more year after this? I think it's one more year after this. Yeah. I feel for Joey Votto, man. I do. Joey Votto, uh, Joe Mauer, these guys who got like these big deals and then just like rode them off into the sunset with like their shitty organization. They should just all, it's like the Heisman Club. It's the highest ESPN Heisman commercials they do. They should just have a country club of guys. The Heisman House. Yeah, the Heisman House. They should just have the guy, the, the Joe Mauer, Joey Votto, Chris Davis. These guys should all have a country club together. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that'd be called, though. I don't either. Fuck you, money. 
Welcome to the fuck you money country club. It just sucks, though. It's David's so- just whiffing on every tee box. It, you know, it just sucks seeing. Well, he's a little different, but just it sucks seeing yeah. some of these guys like a like a Vado. I'm just like, just I just want to see him at least have a chance to win. You know, that's that's what sucks. And 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 whatever. I, I don't feel bad because at the end of the day, it's, you know, two hundred and twenty-five million dollars is, is yeah. a lot of money. But I, I think don't know. did we call for it on this show or did I call for it on Dirty Slides? It said Joey Votto to Toronto for his swan song. Probably home. Well, and he played there. They played there a couple weeks ago. You know, that's probably the final time he's ever going to play there. Yeah. Send him home. Yeah. I read a great article in the athletic about the park. He used to play catch with his dad in and like what got him die hard into baseball and you know, the whole history behind it. And his dad always wanted him to be a pitcher. And then he started having issues because he was a pitcher early on like in his young playing days. And I think he realized longevity wise, it's just, it's so hard on the arm. Did you see what John Smoltz said, by the way, about Otani? I do. I did. Um, I, I, I like the sentiment and I also am a bit offended. So he said for anybody who missed it, he said, if Otani focused solely on pitching, he could be American leagues, Jacob DeGrom. Which is fine. I understand his sentiment. Oh, he's so good. He has, you know, he has electric stuff if he just focused on pitching. But it's like, can we keep in mind? And obviously, I know we have we're we're coming on a full year since Jacob DeGrom pitched in the major leagues. And I think that the reason that we haven't seen him already is because the Mets are doing just fine without him. And they're just gonna like make him, you know, make sure he's a hundred percent, make sure he can come back for the stretch run and be old Jacob deGrom. But let's look at what Jacob deGrom, I mean, you, if you want to have fun going down the Jacob deGrom, you know, rabbit hole, it's like the way his velocity has gone up through his career, the way he's just like continued to be, to be better. I mean, we're talking about, you know, saying he could be a, a dominant pitcher is one thing saying he could be, have seasons of, just generation. Oh, so Shohei Otani just needs to stop hitting, and suddenly he'll be the pitcher of a generation. It's a it's a bold claim. Yeah, it's a bold claim. It's also a guy who is a Hall of Fame pitcher. So you know, it's coming from sure somebody with good knowledge of the situation. Yeah, I'm just saying, being like, oh, he could be elite. He could be in the Cy Young candidacy every year. He could be blah blah blah. Okay. I'm I'm here for that that kind of talk, but like the way Jacob Degrom has improved throughout his career, and to get to the level that we haven't seen since like peak Pedro, at moments. Yeah, no, I know, I, I know. Apparently, I didn't realize until I saw it, a lot of people have issues with John Smoltz, which I didn't realize was a thing. People have issues with everybody. Yeah, people have issues with every announcer, every analyst. Everyone's a fucking uh, I saw expert. this. There's this thing on TikTok, and this girl goes like, "There's nothing everybody agrees on, like nothing." And she does a whole list. Like we can't even agree on how to write the time, the date, and the time and temperature. We can't agree on fucking anything. There's, a, and then people reply to it with like things that like everybody agrees on. And I, I got one. 
Keanu Reeves. Everybody agrees on Keanu. Great guy, right? We all love Keanu Reeves. The, no anybody, way. No way. Anybody has no one has a problem with Keanu Reeves, right? I guarantee you people do. How? I, like, I don't I don't like I'm in. I don't really know. Like, I'm indifferent on Keanu Reeves, but I don't know enough about him besides yeah. like, his movies. Movies. Great. Nice guy. I'm telling you. Somebody hates him out there. Yes. Because they're going to say he's a shitty actor. Is that true, though? That's what people will say. All right. Yeah. There was a knock on him for a while about his acting being not that good. I mean, there's a knock on like the whoa, you know, but it's like he's also done a lot of pretty good shit. Yeah. Everyone. I am an FBI agent. No, man. Isn't it wild? Everyone's talking about Top Gun too, man, and and we even have a little a call about it. Everyone, like in my my uh, circle as well, is 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 raving about it. You have not seen it still. I, I still have not seen it. What's, well, I'm trying to watch the first. I'm trying to watch the first one with my girlfriend. She's never seen it. Okay. So I was like, I was like, we gotta watch the first one. Then then we'll go to the movie to see the second one. I did after what you said last week. And then after what my brother Greg texted me, I was like, okay, now I got two people in my world all the time, both being extremely next level critical of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I got to watch it. Uh, could, apparently, could, there's, apparently there's a scene in this new one in the, in the latest episode. Four? Uh, three, I think. I've watched all three. You've watched three? Yes. Okay. So I, think, I think three... There's some sort of scene, and I've only seen a still photo of him holding a lightsaber. Okay. And then they're like, and I've seen tweets like, let's re-talk about that scene or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So if the whole thing is to like build up to this thing, I get it. But the first two episodes, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'll just say this. I don't want to do too many spoilers. As a Star Wars guy. I am not only offended, I'm appalled. I, I like I am left speechless about this show. How bad it is. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna tell me this scene is like saved no. the whole thing. No, not at all. Because I'll, I'll tell you what. How, from, how many from, seasons, from the acting? How many, seasons, how many seasons of Mandalorian have there been? Two? Two. I went through two full seasons for that fucking one scene at the end. Did it make it worth it? No, it did not. But it was fun. I know this is only six episodes, so you're three in. I'm three in. Okay. This is just that it's a six episode limited run. Correct. There's three more. It is such trash. This I'm just like, I just I just I'm confused. Like I'm legitimately confused with all the money that would go into such a high production show. From the acting to the storyline is so bad. It's so bad. The main villain, dude, she's awful. She's just awful. And, and, and dude, you live in an age where you can't say that. And she's saying ra- people said racist stuff to her. I'm not questioning that. I am questioning your acting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm questioning your acting. I but like... Like, but it's not just her, like across the board. Like, I, I just don't know. You, you 
and you brought Mandalorian, I think that's a legitimate point. Disney, what I'm saying to you as a Star Wars guy, you can't keep doing this because I'm not going to keep watching. Well, the th- I think that I think the thing, too, as 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 like a Star Wars guy in that I've seen everything almost, you know, I haven't seen everything, everything, but I've seen almost everything. I I bailed on Bubba Book of Bubba Fett. OK, Um, I didn't. I haven't watched the clone fucking wars like cartoon or whatever. Um. But having seen most everything, it's like if you're going to do these things and you're going to explore like even Rogue One, if you're going to be like, we're going to take these like side stories and we're just going to build out the whole Star Wars world. And then there's going to be moments where it like intersects with the stuff, you know, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But now when you're taking main fucking characters and being like, oh, right before this. This is what he was doing. You're like, this sucks. Yeah. Like I said, and 10 years later, he's a decrepit old man. That, that's exactly dude. My brother was hammering it so hard on tax before I watched it. And I just thought, okay, this is, I'm like, this has got to be an exaggeration. It's got to be an exaggeration. And then I put it on Saturday night. And I was by myself and I like, I, I was just, in the first two episodes, I was like sleeping through. That's what I'm saying. It's so bad. It's so bad. Nice and little flea cameo, though. Yeah. I like flea. But I also think, look, my brother and I, going back to the bot thing and the reviews and, you know, me, my brother's like, go look at IMDb. It has like a 7.6. Every comment is negative. Like none of this makes sense. Like th- they're lying. They're just like, there's no way it's got a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Every comment is trashing it. Every comment. And then you look at like Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score, I think was an 86. The people's voting score was 61. So yeah. that's a 27% discrepancy right there. I, look, my time is valuable. That's all I'm saying, Disney. That's all I'm saying. I'll probably finish this because I'm still such a little Star Wars fanboy, but you can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> you just can't they keep getting away with it. Like it's like it's like an abusive relationship. You're like you're yeah. doing this. There's only so much. Well, that was the thing. That's why I bailed on Book of Bubba Fett because I was like, I don't need I don't care. I don't care. I don't need it. I'm not going to watch it. I don't care about Bubba Fett. I'm not a Bubba Fett stan. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like I was totally fine that Bubba Fett died inside the fucking pit. Like that was a fine ending to me. Like I was fine with that. You're going to create this whole thing. I started watching it. I was like, this sucks. I'm out. But this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sure. Yeah. This is OG. This is a badass. Who, like you said, that's my brother's thing. Like in 10 years, he's just, I'm not trying to do too much of a spoiler and it's not that big of a spoiler in 10 years or 12 years, whatever. He's literally turned into just a dude. You dominate in a pickup game. You're like, I'm picking that. I'm not picking that dude. I'm guarding that dude. He's the dude. Obi-Wan's the dude in the basketball court where you just, you just dribble and stick your rear end into every time. And you just go up for an easy lap. Cause he's such a bitch. Obi-Wan's like Sean Bradley, and I hate to dunk on the guy because the guy had a serious bike accident. 
and I think he's in a wheelchair. So that was kind of dick for me to do that. But you remember Sean Bradley or Manute Bull back in the sure. day? It's like that. Sure. Yeah. It's like Shaq going up against those guys. Where he's like, not only am I going to dunk on you, I'm literally going to rip the rim down on your face. That's Obi-Wan. Now, are you talking about now? You're talking about the current. Are you saying that's where Obi-Wan is in this show? Yes. Okay, because I'm I was talking about how then also they're saying that this is 10 years before we we meet him in a new hope. And then in that 10 years, he becomes a old man. He goes from being Ewan McGregor to being white haired, decrepit <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> Wait a second. I didn't know that. Because think about it, because they're saying this is 10 to 12 years after. Right. Anakin becomes Darth Vader because the kid Well, think about it. the kid, right? How old is the kid in this show? She's probably like seven or something. Yeah. Or 10. It's probably 10. Yeah. Right? So it's 10 years. And then Luke and Leia are like early, late you, teens, early 20s. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. And by that time, Obi-Wan <laughs> is lives in a senior home. I never thought about that. And then the internet's going like Tatooine has two sons. So you age twice as fast. It's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Luke Skywalker doesn't look like he's 40 when they find him. Oh, hold on. Tap the brakes here. The internet's saying Tatooine has two sons. God, we're down such a, I, we have so much great shit to talk about. And we're down the Star Wars rabbit hole. They're saying the, the Tatooine has two sons. And that's so you why age I, faster. Dude, I'm a Star Wars guy. I ain't that big of a Star Wars guy. Yeah. These these two were unbelievable. And then there was a great guy. There's a great. I saw a great video of this of black guy being like, "Forget two sons. How about the stress this motherfucker's been through? <laughs> <laughs> that shit will age you. Has to kill his fucking protege. Then they put his burn protege back together. He starts being hunted <laughs> by him and shit. He's got to protect Luke Skywalker. Save the whole fucking universe." Guy can't sleep, worried about some kid. Yeah. That's that, you know, that's a valid point, man. That's a really valid point. Oh man. Here I am. Here I'm talking Star Wars, going through my my parents' house, all the Star Wars crap we have, which is a good segue because my dad always knew I was such a big Star Wars guy. To talk about Father's Day coming up here in a few weeks. And there's nothing my dad, rest in peace, Walt Ruther, loved more than those Harry's razors, Joe. We've talked about it. He was a little hoarder. He was a little hoarder of the Harry's. And by that, Did I you find mean, a stash of Harry's. Well, he's, he took so many of them. He'd always ask me since we started our partnership with Harry's in 2015. He'd be like, send me some razor. Send me some razor blades. Send me some. More. Yeah. It's like he was hoarding all these razor blades. And my dad was not a Harry guy, so he didn't have to shave much. But. He really loved those Harry's razor blades. And I cannot think of a better gift. Legitimately, Dirtballs. I know we're doing this for a read, but I'm being sincere because I'm always sincere, but I'm really sincere on this one. Then getting your dad some Harry's razors. I 100% agree. It's it's like when you're it's it's like the a reverse of, you know, your parents giving you socks and underwear for Christmas. Like it's you need them. And you appreciate them every single day of the year. But like for a dad, 
Like no one wants to go out and buy razors and no razor one. blades. No, it's just one. such a pain. And they're so expensive. You go and get them in stores. Get Harry's for your dad. Like he's going to it'll be something he literally appreciates every day. He will. So get a Harry starter set for just three dollars or I love this. Get free engraving on any premium shave set for dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. When you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports, Harry's gift sets are the perfect gift for any guy in your life. And their Winston razor handle is engravable. So you can make Father's Day even more memorable. Guys, Father's Day is two weeks from yesterday. So act on this now. Joe's right. Your dad will appreciate it. Again, my dad was not an easy guy to please. He just wasn't. That's the truth. And once we started this, he instantly became a Harry's guy. And I can legitimately say the same thing about my four brothers. They're all Harry's guys now since I hooked them up, since we started this partnership with Harry's. So I can't reiterate this enough. If you're looking for a gift and also an affordable gift, this really is a great idea. Harry's is giving their best offer to all the dirt balls. Again, new Harry's customers can get a starter set for just $3 or for a limited time through Father's Day. Get free engraving on any premium shave set at harrys.com forward slash dirty sports. There's never been a better time to try Harry's. So go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports to start your own Harry's journey or to save a few bucks on a gift for a special dad in your life. Speaking of a special dad, a guy who has, I believe, eight children. Yeah, boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Has oh, retired. man. Fitzy retiring a sad day. Do, is it too early to start talking about whether or not he has hall of fame credentials, Andy? Yes. Should we, should we let him get a couple years in a retirement? Okay. Let me ask you a question. What percent chances Ryan Fitzpatrick plays it down in the NFL this season? 75, 75% chance he does. Yeah. He'll be back. I'm going to follow up with a question to you. He played yeah. for nine teams. Yeah. Let's see right now. Can Joe Prano name all nine teams in 60 seconds or less? The Bills, the Bengals, the Rams, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bucks. I'm I know there's there's ones that are just hanging out there. Um, I'm missing three teams still. You say Rams? Yes. Um, you missing oh my, three? Forgetting. The Redskins. Seven. The Texans. Yep. And one more. Close. Ten seconds. Okay, ten seconds. Uh, uh, somebody in the NFC North. Uh, Same division as Texans. Same division as Texans. Uh, South. I don't. Uh, the Titans. 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 There it is. That's a good run. It was a good run. It was quick. I forgot about the Titans. Yeah. Made about $85 million. Good for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Become a Ryan Fitzpatrick stan, as we know, over the last few years. Who has? I have. You have, apparently, as well. well I said well, biggest, twi- biggest twist in internet history, the Andy Ruther tweet from the Dirty Sports account. I had to. Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back to save a playoff team. Well, you, you know... Well, I just, that's why I said 75% of him playing it down this year. Because if a team needs somebody to come in who's going to sling it around, 
and get up to speed on an offense quickly with his Harvard degree. And have a little moxie. You know the guys love him in the locker room. You know it. Yeah. You saw it. 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 It's kind of crazy to me. I mean, he retired because he was unsigned. I don't, to be honest, I don't know. That's why he retired. I mean, I'm assuming if he had a deal, he'd be somewhere. And I'm. it's kind of shocking that he didn't have a deal. Kind of shocking to me that he didn't. Are you sure that's why he retired? I don't know. I think he's just retiring, man. Like I said, I, I believe I could be wrong. I think he's got eight kids. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what was his his last team was Washington. Yeah. Due to his competitive but inconsistent performances, Fitzpatrick received the nicknames Fitzmagic and Fitztragic. That's on his fucking Wikipedia page. The most career passing yards and passing touchdowns in NFL history without playing in the postseason. That is a crazy stat right there. Well, it's a crazy stat, but it's also a crazy stat that he never played in the postseason. That was always my knock on him, remember? Right. But also, let's go through the list of teams again. The Rams from 2005 to 2006. The Bengals from 2007 to 2008. The Bills 2009 to 2012. The Texans in 2014. Yeah, but but again, that that kind of holds true to my argument was the Bills did suck, and then Josh Allen's that good. Yeah, no one's saying, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is an elite NFL quarterback. That was the whole initial debate. I should listen. No, to that again. yeah, you go back to the initial debate. The initial debate was he. You were saying he stinks. No, I dude, I'm gonna play. You know, I'm gonna bring this back. The initial debate was I said he's mediocre, and, and I you said, said he's good. Good. Those those were the exact words used to describe him. I'm saying mediocre. You're saying good. And I stand by. You don't play that long in the league without being good. You don't have the most passing yards in NFL history. I mean, a lot of a lot of mediocre quarterbacks have made the, the playoffs. A lot of good quarterbacks have, you know, not made the playoffs or not had gr- long playoff runs. I think the 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 story of Ryan Fitzpatrick's career is he was good enough where a team knew you could bring him in and he could hold down the fort. Sure, and that is that is you know, there's there's a lot of guys that played in the NFL who were drafted really high or were drafted or had like, you know, a good run with the team. Think about like a Dante Culpepper, for example, a Dante Culpepper comes in the league, highly touted, gets put on a great team, puts up crazy yards, crazy statistics with, with an incredible wide receiver core, leaves that good team, goes to a bad team. He's out of football. A lot of great players go to bad teams and perform so poorly that people go, we're never touching them again. Ryan Fitzpatrick got passed around from bad team to bad team and played well enough where people were like, we'll take him. Now we'll take him. Now we'll take him. Now we'll take him. Yeah. I think the crux of my argument was that he is getting passed around. It it was almost like we're using the same argument against each other. My argument would always say if he's good, he'd stay with that team. I mean, I think everybody's trying to find an elite quarterback. 
But uh, uh, unfortunately, I think Ryan, the, the, I think the issue with Ryan Fitzpatrick's career and the Jets perfect example is like when you have a team that's there and it's close, that's the team that should have stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, he also melted down in week 17. He also I mean, got you to again, 10, 10 wins. I mean, melted Jets. down though. Like, like, look, I, I'm not, so now I'm, they got Zach Wilson. who's winning three games. Well, look, I've softened my stance for sure. And I think the legend of Fitzpatrick, especially after that Bucks run where he was wearing the chain and the chest hairs flowing and, 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 and the Bucks run another makes perfect, him likable. Another, uh, the Bucks run another perfect example. We know what uh, we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do. We've seen it, but we'd rather take our chances with Jameis Winston. We like the potential, and it's like horrible. What's the potential? The potential is now two years later you've moved on from Jameis Winston. Is he going to be the or- New Orleans starting quarterback this year? Yep. Can't wait for- to see how that plays out. Uh, I think I think I think Fitz is basically retiring because look, he played 17 years, I think, in the NFL. And he's just he you know, he's got a big family. He's got a big big Irish Catholic family. Yeah. Yeah. Kick it with them. Also 75% chances on the team this year. I've also seen though, there's a good chance he goes in the studio. Like he's that well liked. And obviously yeah. he's smart. He went to Harvard. He's well spoken. People like him. So give me give me the Ryan Fitzpatrick version of the Manning cast. Just Fitzy with his chain on. Just give me Fitzy and Deshaun Jackson. Fitzy and Deshaun Jackson. That'd be a wild tandem, huh? Yeah. Or who are some other Ivy League players? How about Fitzy and Philip Rivers? Just and 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 all their kids running around in the background. They like they're like. <laughs> They're like, let me show you what happened in this on this play here. And instead of going to the telestrator, they just have their kids line up on the fields and they make them act it out. Yeah, I think between the two of them, you almost have 22 players. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. I'm trying to think. Any other- let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you had to bet yes or no. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Philip Rivers. Have a kid with the same name. Like there's two Blakes or something. Yes or no. I'm going. Yes. I'm going that there is a crossover of at least one name. I'm going to go. No. And I'm, and I'm guessing it's like some shitty fucking football name, like Blake or. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Cooper. Or Clayton. We got nine kids for Philip Rivers. Okay. We got Gunner. I mean, I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick has a Gunner. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Fitzy has seven kids. I was wrong. Okay. Okay. We have Gunner, Holly. This is Philip still. H A L L E. Anna or Holly. Hallie. Anna. Anna. Sarah Catherine. Okay. Grace, Rebecca. He's got so many girls. Claire, Carolyn or Caroline. And Peter. This is Philip Rivers. Yeah. Philip Rivers had a gunner and then had like seven girls in a row. I don't know the order. Okay. But 
Yeah. I mean, you're, you're identifying them. So I don't know if that's appropriate, Joe, their gender. They could be non-binary. I, I, I feel like there was better chances with boys. Okay, here we go. Okay. Brian Fitzpatrick's children. Tate? I like, it. I like, I like the chances for a grace. Tate? Yep. Brady? <sighs> Maisie? M-A-I-Z-Y? I believe that's a, a girl. Zoe? Lucy? Jake and Ruby? Oh, Sorry. I liked it better. I liked my chances if each of them had had more boys. But here's a fun fact. Ryan Fitzpatrick proposed to his wife at a gas station McDonald's. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Okay. He's a good quarterback. I'm in. That's a wild story. He proposed to her. So they got good DNA. She uh, she was an athlete too. She uh, she was captain of the soccer team in Harvard. Oh yeah. So they got they got some good DNA. Let me let me get this gas station story. Where's the where's the where's the oh on their way home. Oh, this is interesting. Here it is. I got to read this real quick. As a rookie quarterback with the Rams, Fitzpatrick knew he wanted to spend the rest of his life with Barber. That's his wife's maiden name. So he bought a ring and was getting ready to propose. The only problem, he purchased a diamond ring from their joint bank account. Oy. The same day, Barber's card was declined at the Gap and planned to check their bank account when she got home. Fitzpatrick, in a panic... Had to make a move fast. On their way home, he asked her to go to dinner. All she wanted was McDonald's. And that's when he popped the question. Wow. And the fast, food, the fast food restaurant was attached to a gas station. The ultimate uh, scrambler. Fitzy. And this is his direct quote. We drove by all these fancy places, Fitzpatrick told the LA Times. I asked her if she wanted to grab some dinner and sit by the lake. It was November. And she's like, why would I do that? It's freezing outside. All she wanted was McDonald's. My relationship with my wife was my, my relationship with my wife and knowing her, it was just the perfect setting. She ordered a she ordered probably a 10-piece chicken McNugget and had sweet and sour sauce on her face. I've been married since 2006. That's some Andy Ruther shit. That's like Andy Ruther back in the day. Andy Ruther proposal preview. No, it'd probably be a Taco Bell, man. <laughs> Gets there early. Can you can you um, can you bake this into the uh, cheesy gordita crunch? Can you imagine that? Asking somebody to bake it in, <laughs> dude. I love them even more now, man. Yeah, this is and good for that, dude. Since two thousand six. They've been together 16 years, seven kids later. Yeah. And I'll just say it. We're all thinking it. Ryan Fitzpatrick bucks. At least seven times. No, I can tell. 
What are you talking about? She's had seven kids in 16 years. Do you know how long she's been pregnant for? Like her whole time. Yeah, pretty much, bro. Doesn't mean he ain't banging. Some dudes are into that. Some dudes are into that. I used to work with the guy. He used to always, when I was a mover, he used to talk about it. He'd be like, oh, I love my wife gets pregnant. I love banging her pregnant. Oh, my God. Some dudes are into that. Fitzy looks a little freaky. Fitzy looks like he's into that. Yeah. You know, like you look at Philip Rivers and I can, when if someone said, hey, man, he's got what would I say? Nine kids. He's probably had sex nine times. I don't think that when I look at Fitzy, I think he fucks. Like he gets it done. Honestly, I feel like I feel like I am Obi-Wan Kenobi and you are my fucking protege. I feel like you've come around. Like you are the you are now the world's foremost Kobe hater. You are. You're, I don't want to say I don't want to say hater. I don't want to say haters. Truther. The, I always call truther. it. As truther. I say, truther. Yeah, I do. I you have thought Ryan about Patrick Stan. I have thought. Yeah, I have thought about your idea. I, I've really, really grown to like this idea of me traveling the country with Jeff Perlman's three ring circus. Like I'm a Mormon trying to get people to yeah. join the religion and just knocking on doors. Can I talk to you about the rapist that is Kobe Bryant? <laughs> Let me just explain how things really went down. Can I have a few minutes of your time to talk about Kobe's career of warp? It's unbelievable. Well, you could be right. I'm trying to think if there's other things I've come around on. I mean, you know, I've come around on a lot. I, we have LeBron, a call about James. That. We have a call about that later in the show about like, dude, like what is going on with like the evolution of Ruther is just like out of control. I can actually, uh, I can play. Why don't I just play? Yeah. Why don't we just, why don't we just hop into calls? Sure. What, what is this call here? Here it is. And I think it's a first, I think it's a first time. No, it's not a first time call. I'm wrong on that. He called a couple months ago. Anyway, here it is. I just had to call and make a comment that I'm like eight minutes into this episode and Ruther is teaching us that we need to read before bed and I've been listening to for a long time and this is the same guy that was selling a semen couch like several years ago that evolution of the show is just unmatched i mean it's really the evolution of andy ruther true i mean uh, you know you, you the the person that you were when the show started to the person that you are now is widely different i think my evolution is far smaller so i played i know for i know some people have you know would say my evolution to full liberal cock whatever i got called that one time that sent me on a two-hour rampage well you know to be fair i've been called the other things i had people last year coming at me like i'm johnny conservative now which right is hilarious and also not true um i played for my girlfriend some clips from the epic bless you okay from the epic me versus Maddie Goldberg episode. Yeah. From 2016. She wasn't laughing, really. She wasn't even smiling. It was just like, dude, this is who you were. So that was six years ago. Yeah, you know, 
there's there's been some changes. Doesn't mean we're still not, you know, at, at your core, you're still you're still who you are. I think I I in fact I think I think you the core, even as a baby and as a child, the the basic traits don't change. I'm learning that as I go through a house full of journals or baby descriptions that my mom has of me or my brothers. Like you don't really change. Like, does that make sense? Like you change, but like that type of the nature doesn't change. Like I couldn't shut the fuck up as a child, like young, young. And I'm still a chatterbox. Do you see what I'm saying? Like certain things, but but yeah, other things, the show definitely evolves. Things happen in life. Things change people. But uh, traumatic brain injuries for one. Yeah. And obviously, like losing my parents has changed me in, in so many ways that I'm moving still deal- back to Cincinnati. Yeah. Dealing with, you know, every day. Um, but uh, that is pretty funny. I was a lunatic. They're just straight- I'd, argue you're, I'd argue you're still a lunatic, just in different ways. Oh, yeah. No, for I mean, sure. we're, we're, we're not that far. We're, we're like weeks removed from you, like rotting your own fucking grundle to death because you're like, yeah, I'm in psycho run mode now. Not even washing my clothes in between runs. <laughs> you're the Quinn Snyder of running. You're like, let's do it again right now. <laughs> rotting my grundle to death. Yeah, it's a good point. I uh, made, made some made some uh, made some mistakes with that. Hey, I, I'm bathing now, though. Good. And I'm not reusing the same clothes. Like Good. if I run, if I run in them once, I, I don't reuse them. So baby steps, right? Baby steps. Here's a good call for you because I have not watched this. Hey, Joe and Andy. Uh, this is Matthew Zirkus, your uh, dirt ball down in Cleveland now. Uh, or I guess up in Cleveland, just had a non-sports for you. <clears throat> uh, I was watching the Norm McDonald special and uh, just wanted to get your guys' perspective. I know Joe said he was about to watch it. Um, I was extremely pleased with about half of it. I mean, with no audience, a little bit difficult, but I understand he was doing it during COVID and just – you know, if he didn't get back on stage. Uh, one of my favorite jokes on there was his slut-shaming slut joke. Uh, so definitely, Joe, you know, let me know how uh, what you thought of it. And uh, I wanted to end with <coughs> a tribute to him. Uh, you guys were talking about Rivers. So this is my impersonation of uh, a Norm MacDonald joke about Rivers. So I was sitting around yesterday, and uh, did you know that the longest river in the United States is the Missouri River? And the oldest natural river is all of them. Thanks again, you guys. Uh, stay dirty. <laughs> That's a good Norm joke. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I watched only half of it. I, wa- I started it really late one night, and I was really tired. Um, and I was just like, I don't want to be in and out of this. So I stopped and then I went to Cabo and did the whole thing. But the first 
fucking 15 seconds of the thing were amazing. And I'll just play this. Comedy special. That's right. Now, uh, of course, I'm looking forward to getting back out there. You know, seeing you folks in person. You know, I love doing gigs, and I miss it. My God, I miss it. You know, especially Where's he doing this? He's literally doing it like me right now in front of a laptop with headphones on and a microphone like this, which the half I watched. First of all, the slut shaming joke. Amazing. Agree. When? when okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, but he yeah, he, re, he recorded it during covid in 2020. He apparently was having some sort of surgery the next day, and he was like, just in case I kind of want to get this recorded in case something happens in the surgery or whatever. Gotcha. So he did that. And then obviously whatever else happened, you know, um, it ends up coming out now. I don't know, you know, if he was sitting on it, he didn't want it to be out there or he did or whatever, but um, I haven't watched it all the way through. I know there's at the end, I think, Letterman and Conan and a lot of the people, whatever, like give their thoughts. So I can't wait to see that. But the slut shaming joke, amazing. But honestly, the most impressive thing is that you're doing comp doing stand up comedy jokes without an audience is fucking impossible. I wouldn't even be able to have a pace. I wouldn't be able to deliver my jokes the way I could like like for him to do it. But it's so norm. And he would just do the whole thing where he's like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just like. Honestly, I'm not sure I could watch. There's a lot of great comedians, you know, Um, in terms of like, like no one would argue that Norm has the command of of a stage the way that Chappelle does. But I could not watch Dave Chappelle do stand up comedy that way. I'm not sure that there's five comedians I could watch do stand up comedy that way. And the fact that I can watch Norm do it and enjoy it. First 15 seconds was like, this is amazing. This is so great. So I can't wait. I'll finish it today. Yeah, well, I can see what you're saying. That that fits him more than someone like a Chappelle or some of the other guys. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Especially casinos. Well, my favorite because I'm a degenerate gambler, as it turns out. <laughs> so good. So you want to hear a conspiracy call? Yeah. Conspiracy call on the Jock Peterson beef. Yeah. Mark Peterson, Tommy fan beef. Fuck. Sorry. Call got messed up, but I think the conspiracy theory is, or my conspiracy theory is that this is a ploy from baseball to try to get some big names conversation going. I don't know. Just make uh bring a little bit of popularity to the league. Let me know your thoughts. Stay dirty. So his first call got messed up, but, the conspiracy, the conspiracy is, is this is a major league baseball plan thing for them to be arguing about fantasy football and have a grainy slap on camera from the outfield and have Tommy Pham doing horrible responses to it in interviews. What's worse, that conspiracy, the Andy Ruth or Will Smith? Yeah. Chris Rock conspiracy. 
I think that's worse, actually. And yours is really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get two like fourth outfielders to beef over fantasy football. Honestly, it might be a fucking might. if, If there's a conspiracy theory here, it's that the NFL paid them to fucking talk about fantasy football. Like even baseball players are fighting about fantasy football. Yeah. This is an ESPN fantasy app. This is a fan. They're both being paid by FanDuel. Sure. All right. One final call, and then we'll wrap up the show. The final countdown. What's up, Joe and Andy? This is a two-part one. One has to do with Top Gun. One has to do with basketball. First off, Joe, I'm going to agree with you in a sense. This might be one of the greatest movies of all time. I know it's like crazy just to jump in front of others, but what I've learned from this movie is, for instance, my little brother's 18. Um, some of my best friends are at my age, 25, 26. I didn't realize how many people hadn't seen the first Top Gun. Very crazy, but they heard this movie was so good. My brother, who had never seen the original, a bunch of my friends who had never, and a bunch of strangers I talked to about it, had never seen the original Top Gun, went back to watch the original Top Gun just so they could enjoy this movie even more. And they still agreed this movie topped the first one. They think it's incredible, badass. And I agree, 14 out of 10. Man, so fucking Top Gun, man. They surpassed it. This might be one of the greatest sequels of all time. Two, what is your greatest, if you had to name a top five in NBA, if you had to you know, have a starting lineup, who's your top five starting lineup? Nothing but white guys. Me and a bunch of my African-American friends that I strip with, we got into a fun debate in the back. They are like, if you could only pick an NBA team with white guys, who is your starting five all-time white guys? Would love to hear your guys' opinion. Stay dirty. No, I have to ask. So he's doing this with his, his stripper friends. Like, are there dicks out while they're discussing this? Like, are they, <laughs> like, I just picture, like, dudes with all the- Is that Bryson? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I, I think we can kind of do, like, why don't we just kind of do this together? Cause, cause yeah. like, we're going to have, we got the obvious, we're going to have bird, Dirk, Nash. Yep. You got Jerry West. Yep. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's okay. Jokic. Mm, Jokic Walton. I mean, Walton was an MVP. I heard all the time, though. I know, but we're, what are we talking? Prime, prime thing. Like Nash gets the the bump over uh, Stockton at point guard, right? Way better shooter, way better, better score, yeah, better score as a defender. Um, shooting guards really kind of up in the air. I think you got to go Jerry West, right? He's a fucking logo. Yeah, small forward, Larry Bird. Sure. Power for Turk Nowitzki. Sure. Who's your center? Yeah, I mean, I think we're either going Jokic or we're going Walton. Is there somebody, is there another white guy we're forgetting? Wow, that we came to that pretty quickly. I mean, for the center position? I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's the thing. I think we go. Unless we play like super small and, you know, Dirk's our center or something. The bigger question is. 
how badly do the best five white guys lose to the best five black dudes? Well, let me just say this. If you went small, this and is you went, thing. if you went small and you went Steve Nash, Jerry West, Bird, like, fuck it. I think with the, I think, I think if you go, I think if you go Nash, and I think this is our starting line. I think if you go Nash, West, Bird, Dirk, Jokic. Like, are they getting run out of the building by anybody? So they're playing against LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Duncan slash Shaq slash Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to eat inside versus outside. If you're going Kareem. You go, you don't go Shaq. I think honestly, I mean, I think Shaq probably start like if I'm making that starting lineup, but like, okay, Kareem, LeBron, Michael, Kareem, Duncan. I mean, we don't even have magic in there. Yeah. Well, so magic, Michael, LeBron, Duncan, Kareem. Major. Yeah, that, that series goes six, dude. Major height advantage. For which team? Dirk's seven feet tall, bro. Nash is a little guy. Who's Nash Garden? Nash is six four. And Steve Nash isn't guarding anybody. <laughs> Mike D'Antoni coaches our white team. <laughs> they don't guard anybody. But they're like three is you, greater I mean, than you two. Said it's going, you said it's going six games. You said it's going six games. Who's Dirk guarding? Nobody. <laughs> we just got to hit threes. Yeah. Notice how, notice That's how, what I'm saying. It goes notice, six, notice, it goes, I, notice I instantly just connect. You go, the we, white guys, we, the white guys. <laughs> then we just choosing my tribe. Terrible, Andy. Absolutely terrible. I don't know if it goes six, man. The white guys would have to make so many threes. Yeah. Those fucking defensively, it would be a nightmare. I was going to say those those other guys. Just think about the scoring, dude. LeBron and Magic running. But I think they have chemistry problems. And actually, I think the the white guys have no chemistry problems whatsoever. (laughs) The white guys are like the 2011 Mavericks on steroids. Yeah. This would be a fun. Think this, about how f- spread that floor is. And then you just have fucking you just have Steve Nash like working. the. There's not even crevices. It's so wide open. Yeah, but you got some defenders, man. You got Jordan was defensive player of the year. LeBron's a lockdown Jordan, defender. Jordan's probably. defensive player of the year is propaganda. Was it? Yeah. LeBron's a fucking great defender. Sure. Jordan was a great defender, though, man. It's a good defender. He was really good. You, you know, one of my biggest takeaways, speaking of Jordan, from that three-ring circus, 
I kept thinking of Scotty Pippen and just how he's like, dude, I'll be second fiddle. Yeah. For the most part, like he had his issues with money and he was deserve deservingly. So he was underpaid, but, but I recently just read his autobiography as well. Right. So I read his autobiography as well. It's, it's just, my point is like, I think the Lakers to kind of bring it back to that briefly have that possibility of a serious dynasty. If Kobe understands to play second fiddle to Shaq to continue that because Scotty Pippen brilliantly understood that. And Scotty Pippen, if you remember brilliantly wanted Jordan to come back, I'll never forget. Remember that game where he holds up his shoe and he's pointing to the logo. Yeah. Um, on, on Bryson's first point, though, Top Gun, 14 out of 10, I've seen things trickling out, people being like, this movie fucking sucks. I'm like, first of all, you're wrong. You're playing wrong. Uh, and I think the thing is, for the people who are going back and watching the original or watching the original for the first time and then being blown away by the second one, it's like important to know that like these are two wildly different movies. They're not, I wouldn't even say they're the same genre. Like the new Top Gun is an action movie, a 2022 Tom Cruise Mission Impossible in fighter jets action movie. The baseline of it, like the under the, the underbelly of it, the like the stilts it's built on is this classic Top Gun lore. But it is so much bigger, such a bigger movie than the original Top Gun, but it's using those characters and it's using the storylines and it's using whatever. And it's amazing. But the same thing I will say about the original Top Gun goes for this one. For the people out there being like, this movie sucks. The writing sucks. The acting sucks. This isn't a film, dude. This is not we're not this isn't being entered into the fucking this isn't going to win Academy Awards for anything except maybe like sound design. You know what I mean? Like this is a big budget blockbuster movie fucking you know this is like what the marvel movies are and what the fucking mission impossible movies are and whatever and the soul of it is this smaller original action blockbuster kind of thing but it's so much bigger than that and it's so good and to criticize the acting or the writing in a movie that is based on something that also that would be your criticism of it like these are popcorn movies man but what's better is like this isn't a marvel movie this isn't a star wars movie this isn't one of those movies that where it's like the, the like the original had so much soul and so much yeah. like goodness in it 14 out of 10 i stand by that yeah i'll have to check it out 310-359-8365 that's our hotline give us a ring Hop in. We didn't get to all the calls today, but we'll try to finish up on Thursday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow Joe on social. At Joe Prano on all things social media, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, except for um, Twitter, where I'm still at Fix Your Life. Shout out to the people. Cameos just keep rolling in. Not sure what it is with it. Maybe it's because I keep mentioning it on the show, but man, I love doing birthday shout outs for dirt balls. I like doing engagement shout outs for dirt balls. I like doing Father's Day shout outs for dirt balls. It's my favorite thing. And I like the requests some of you guys are giving me lately and what you want me to include. 
So shout out to uh, you guys. I won't say who, because some of these I think are still surprises, but uh, I'm on Cameo. So if you want to shout out, find me on Cameo and uh, go to JoePerno.com for shows. Come if you're in San Diego, come find me at Petco tomorrow night or at the Candy's Boom Boom Room in Pacific Beach on Wednesday night. Are stunts like a thing of Cameo? Stunts? Like could a dirtball be like, hey, I want you to give me a happy birthday while you rub a burrito on your nipples or something? Um, I mean, I might have to charge you extra for that, but yeah, I mean, I I'm talking more for myself. If I got on cameo, oh yeah, dirt balls were could... like, hey, Ruther, I want you to, uh, you know, bong a can of chili. Yeah, I think you could do that. You might maybe you set your price high. I'll, I'll tell you what, I do a lot of birthday shout outs, Andy, and I want you to know I always include you. I say on behalf of myself and Andy Ruther, the Dirty Sports Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. So it's like you're on camera. I've, I've, I've done that without your permission, but I, I felt like yeah. you would always wish a dirtball happy I, birthday. Uh, uh, to, to quote one of my favorite Fresh Prince episodes, and 10% for his manager. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know that episode with the pool shark. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm so glad you got that. That's like a deep Fresh Prince dive. All right. That's our show. We'll be back in a few days. Guys, enjoy the start to your month. And as always, stay dirty.